Good morning, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Nathan Gentry, and my wife Lizzie and I are the high school leaders here at ECC. And once a year, I have the opportunity on Youth Sunday to address our students and give a little benediction to our seniors on Youth Sunday. Obviously, this year, this looks a little more different than usual. Even I look a little more different than usual. I'm not normally this disheveled. I usually sport a somewhat disheveled look, which I can get away with from working with high schoolers, but this beard has become a tribute of sorts to our graduating seniors. I shaved somewhere around mid-March after our last Sunday night encounter, and I promised them that I wouldn't shave again until we could meet in person. I really hoped that that would happen before now, but clearly it hasn't, so the beard remains. However, I also have a baby due within the next couple of days or weeks, and I promised my wife that I would shave before we went to the hospital. So this is the final stretch for my coronavirus graduating class of 2020 beard. I am happy to report though that my beard was valedictory. I don't think that we will ever forget this season of our lives and the dramatic changes that have happened all around us. And my biggest hope from all of this is that we learn and cherish the experiences and the small things that we've come to realize that we took for granted, like a normal church service, graduation ceremonies, graduation parties, or even the really small things, like seeing friends or family in person. Lizzie said she misses, I can't believe this, she misses going to the grocery store. But inevitably those things will get lost, we'll forget how important they are, but I really hope they don't. I hope we remember that we're meant to be in community. And if nothing else comes out of this, I hope that that sinks into our hearts, that God created us to be with one another and to love each other well. I tried to come up with some way of wrapping my head around what the last few weeks or months have been for our seniors, and I found it impossible to encapsulate their experience. Because it has been so unique, I think only they can do that. So I'm not even going to try. What has happened has happened. What I want to do now is focus on the next step. This is a new beginning for all of us, seniors, especially you guys. And commencement is a word that inevitably begs us to look towards the future. Not backwards at what could have been or should have been. So today we won't. Today we are going to look towards the future. And because this is Youth Sunday, and because it has a uniquely graduation feel, I'll primarily be talking to our students and particularly our seniors. Adults though, please don't tune me out. I think God's word has lessons for us always, even if the messages may be tailored to a slightly younger audience. Seniors, the next few years, whether you're heading out to college or to a new job, will be some of the most formative years of your lives. They will likely also be some of the hardest, and to a degree, I hope they are. I hope you are pulled and stretched and kneaded like clay that is being formed into something new and beautiful. I hope you are uncomfortable. I hope you're challenged, and I hope that you are asked to do things that you've not done before, because if not, like muscles that aren't being exercised, you will at best stay the same, and at worst, worst weakened from disuse. 
the cliche phrase, nothing that is worth doing is easy, may not be true all the time, but it's true enough that it has stuck around for a while. Go and seek new opportunities. Do things that aren't easy. Meet new people. Learn new things. And don't tell your parents I said this, but maybe do something stupid every once in a while. A little stupid. Nothing big. You'll learn a lot. Don't be afraid of failure and the unknown because that can hold you back. I'm convinced that James, the writer of the epistle by his own name, would have made a great youth leader. His short little letter is chock full of practical, godly life advice. And he was writing to a group of people who were dispersed far and wide. So I think it has maybe unique application to us right now. He's writing to a group of people who are trying to figure out how to live the life that Jesus called them to live. So, he writes them a letter full of loving pastoral advice. So how does he start this letter? By promising them that life's going to be hard and full of trials. Cheerful, right? James knew life was going to be hard, so he wasn't going to sugarcoat it, and I'm not going to try and sugarcoat it either. James says to be joyful, though, that trials are coming our way because trials and testing are what produce endurance in the faith. That is a hard mindset. For me, at best, I endure trials. Sometimes I can get testy and annoyed and complaining. Why me? Why now? Why this? I struggle to see the joy in the midst of the trial. But that's what James is calling us to because that is what strengthens us in our faith. That is what shows us that we are not able to rely on our own strength. We must rely on Jesus Christ, our good Savior. Seniors, you will find trials. And that's not unique to you. The adults, the kids, everyone in between, life is hard. Satan is waiting for us like a lion to devour us, to tell us that our faith is unintelligent or backwards, historically oppressive, to tell us that our lifestyle is just incompatible with the modern world and what college life tells us is new and different and exciting. Life wants to tell us that knowledge and self and our personal experiences are at the center of everything. The world wants to rob us of the joy that could be found in relying on Christ and replace it for the anxiety and the stress and the worldly pursuits our culture puts on a pedestal. But like a master chess player, James is a step ahead of us and sees that next thought forming in our minds and goes straight at the root of that lie, that knowledge and self are ultimate goals, because he knows those will ultimately lead to failure. James says that any of you, if any of you lack wisdom, come to God and ask. If any of you lack wisdom, come to God and ask. Notice James does not say, if any of you lack knowledge, come to God and ask. He says, if any of you lack wisdom. There is a fundamental difference between wisdom and knowledge, and it's not always easy to pull them apart. One of the simplest ways, I think, to separate the two, though, is that wisdom guides how we use our knowledge. Knowledge is the tool. Wisdom is how to use it and when. We all know those people who could give you any fact, any piece of information 
the trivia buff, the guy you want to take with you to trivia night because he's going to win for your team. But sometimes when you put those people in a situation where there's stress or the decision has to be made quickly, they can fall apart. The world, particularly college, promises that with more knowledge, you can do life better. You can achieve more. You will finally reach that level of success that we all crave and life will just mesh together and you will have it all easy. Knowledge is good. Don't hear me wrong about that. Knowledge does allow you to do things you wouldn't otherwise be able to do, and it can be immensely life-changing. I want you to earnestly pursue knowledge as you leave high school and move into the world. But knowledge without wisdom is scary and dangerous. We've all personally seen this, if you really think about it, and if you haven't, try what Lizzie and I did foolishly once. We were invited to a two-year-old birthday party. He was a boy, so we thought, oh, we'll go with something sports. So we bought him this wiffle ball baseball set. Obviously, it came with a bat. He knew how to use a bat, but he didn't have the wisdom on how to use it appropriately. That, I think, shows us the difference of pure knowledge that is not informed and shaped by wisdom. You can know the what, but not the why, the how, the when, or the where to use it the right way. So James calls us to wisdom from God, which guides us as to how to use our knowledge to bless him and his people. The wisdom that James wants for us is not jealous or ambitious for our own personal gain. It is inherently disassociated from self and focused on the other. James says the wisdom we should seek is pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering and without hypocrisy. All of those attributes look outwards, not inwards. And they all flip the college message and the message of the world on their head in that they tell us we, ourselves, are not the most important. We're not even in second place. Jesus told us that we should love and honor God first, and then those around us. Our knowledge is a tool. Wisdom from God helps us use it well. I hope you all go on to be brilliant in your given field of choice and follow something that you are truly passionate about. I hope you find amazing and wonderful careers that are fulfilling to you. But mostly, I pray that you keep your focus on how God would use you where you are in the moment that you are to further his good purposes. My prayer for you is to increase both in knowledge and in wisdom. I was so excited when I was asked to get involved with high school ministry for one reason, to have a small part in imparting a wisdom and a faith that would go into college or the workforce and be ready to be tested, to be perfected in the challenge, and to be able to endure to the end. As you move out of this town or out of this building or just into a new daily routine, which we all will, do not neglect your faith. Find a community of people who will help you grow. Spend time in God's Word seeking wisdom from above. Come to God in prayer. 
Seek his will in your life. Grow in knowledge and wisdom so that you can bless others. Use the gifts that God has given you. You are all talented in different ways, and that is not an accident. God does not just randomly assign skills and talents and passions. God intends to use you uniquely to bless others. We, Lizzie and I, your church family and your own families, love you all. We are so excited to see what the next steps hold. May God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May his lift up, may he lift up his face upon you and give you peace. Love you guys.